Hello there. You are listening to the MCC Sunday Sermon. We are so glad you could join us. We pray that this message will encourage you, build your faith on your journey with God. Enjoy. Um, But we're just going to pray again and just um, believe for God's word this morning to do what it um, is purposed. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your word. And I just pray that it would not return void until it's achieved that which you've purposed for it this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I remember going skiing for the very first time. Um, It was obviously some time ago. And uh, we'd gone down a threadbow and uh, we'd gone down and uh, beautiful, obviously, ski slopes. But I remember getting on the skis and just being absolutely terrified. I remember being on the beginner's slope and then all of a sudden it's like you've done one training session and next minute you're on the ski chair heading up to the next slope. And um, I remember coming down and just utterly screaming like the entire way. Some of you probably love skiing here. I, on the other hand, found it absolutely terrifying. But what I couldn't even imagine is skiing blind. And so I, I want to show you this video clip for us this morning. Why don't you turn your eyes to the screen? I don't know about you, but I found that pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Skiers wanting to ski down the slopes blind. But I don't know if you heard it, but how many times the word trust was mentioned in that video? Over five times that word trust was mentioned. How they can only move at the speed of trust and they can really only compete because of trust. And so, no surprise this morning, I'm going to speak into the subject of trust, which I think is quite fitting based on what we've already been talking about this morning and having someone who so significantly impacts your life. Because it's one thing for a skier to give you directions right, but it's a whole nother thing for God to be trusting in God. Trust says, if you've got a notebook or a Bible this morning, make sure you pull it out, make sure you take some notes, pray that God will speak to us today. Trust says, I will not give up. Trust says, though it might be delayed, wait for it. Trust says that I will go to a land unknown and follow my father's wishes. Trust says, I will put out my nets at your word. Trust says, I know my father can and will bring about exceedingly more than I could ask, think, or imagine. Trust says that I will believe even when I cannot see. Trust says, I will speak when it is easier to remain silent and trust says that I will lend a helping hand to the poor. What I'm trying to say today is that trust speaks and our actions, like Dan's already said, our actions speak louder than words. Jeremiah 33 in the Amplified Version, it says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. It's what we do when we trust, because trust is an action word. What does trust look like to you? What does trust look like with what you are facing right now? Because we ought to have simple trust, right, in the faithfulness of God, that even when we cannot see his hand, we trust his heart. In the words of Charles Spurgeon, he says, God is too good to be unkind, and he is too wise to be mistaken, And when we cannot trace his hand, then we must trust his heart. I love that. Trust is what we fill the gap with. Psalm 112, verses 7, it says that he is not afraid of bad news, but his heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 23, verse 4, it says that I will fear no evil. It's the gap between where we are 
and what we feel like God has promised. It's the gap between when my husband said that he'd be home and when he actually is home. (laughs) It's the gap between where I think I should be in life and where I actually am. The real question is where, what do we fill that gap with? Do we believe the best or do we assume the worst? Because don't you know it? What I fill that gap with between when my husband said he'd be home and when he actually is home very much determines the response that he is given when he walks in through the door. Some time ago, my parents, it's not unusual for them to go caravanning. And, um, but what is unusual is not to hear from them. We have a very active family group text. I don't know if there's some of you here today that you've got a very active family group text and then there's other family group texts that are not so active. <laughs> well, ours is very active on the daily. And I love it. But when my parents had gone caravanning around Tasmania, there had been 48 long hours that had gone by and we hadn't heard from my mum and dad. My sister calls me. She's like, I'm getting really worried. It's been 48 hours and we haven't heard anything from my mum and dad. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, we don't even know how to contact them. Like, what do we do? And Lauren's like, and she calls me back an hour later. She's like, that's it. I've had enough. I'm calling the police. And I was like, all right, calling the police. We're both, like, working each other up. Have you ever got friends or perhaps siblings like that? It's like, Matt's, you're not the greatest influence for one another. Like, all right, call the police. She ends up calling the police. They put her onto the state police. They send out a patrol looking for my parents that are caravanning. Sure enough, mum and dad, you know, drive out merrily out of this forest that they'd been in. And uh, dad's phone just starts going ding, 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 ding. And the police call and, you know, he answers the phone and says, "Um, just wanted to check what's your name, are you okay, is your partner still with you, what's her name, can I please speak with her? (laughs) We just wanted to establish that you're okay, you've got some very concerned family members. I'm shamefully admitting this, right. But what my sister and I, and my dad was hilarious, mind you, because he's like, we're 20 kilometres out of Launceston. Like, for goodness sake, you know. (laughs) It's not like we've been gone for weeks. But what my sister and I had clearly filled that gut with was not necessarily believing the best. It was perhaps assuming the worst. In a film, a workplace, we sat around in a circle and we'd had this independent reviewer come in and he'd asked all of us to comment, um, to say the name of the person who had impacted you the most as an employer um, and the quality trait that you most admired about them. And what which, which was interesting yet not surprising to all of us as he was filling up this whiteboard with all of these different comments and quality traits about people that had greatly impacted our life was that he'd said as a comment at the end that the number one thing that he'd realised was how many of the responses were actually an emotional reaction to a prior negative working experience. How many of those responses were an emotional reaction to a prior negative working experience? And that in summary, what we all desired the most was simply trust from those above that they would trust in our ability to do the work that we had been asked to do that we had been asked to do. We simply wanted people to believe the best. And I think that is so true of you and I in so many aspects of life. Andy Stanley, 
He speaks about in the context of workplaces and churches. He said, if you can fill the gap between expectation and experience with trust, if you can get this right, then you will attract healthy, competent, get it, get it done people. If you miss this, you will simply run them off because unhealthy people are, are attracted to unhealthy cultures. Healthy people thrive in healthy cultures. It's not rocket science. But the more trust that exists within an organization, the better it is. The less trust there is, the worse it is. And I think about the pressure that you and I or the weight that we should feel, feel as Christians to do this really, really well, right? Like in the businesses that we run, the churches, the organizations that we work in, we should be having this desire to create healthy workplaces, healthy churches where healthy people can thrive. Isn't that what we all want? And if we want to raise a generation to trust God, then we have to be exampling this in our own relationships with each other, to love one another, right? To love God and to love one another. Then we must be exampling this in our own situations where we're faced with difficult circumstances and situations and our younger people are looking to us to see how we respond. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. This week in our kids' rooms, they're also learning about what trust looks like. And they're learning it from the story of David and Goliath, which I'm sure most, some of you may be a little familiar with. But they're learning about the fact that God will take care of them because they can be confident, not in their own ability, not in their own natural ability, but in their God-given ability. And I am so passionate about this because I just have this sense and a knowing that if young people, if our young people can grab a hold of this at a young age of who their God is, not in their own natural ability, but of who their God is, then they will accomplish much, that they will be able to hold the line, that they will be able to see resilient children raised, that they won't be deterred when they see situations or circumstances come that way, but they will hold the line. And that's what I think is needed for every single one of us. So we just pray this and excited for this over them, that they would know Ephesians 3.20, which is their memory verse, in case you're going home later and you want them to recite that to you. The third thing, trust looks like intentional commitment. It looks like taking a leap of faith. It looks like getting out of the boat. It looks like being all in. It looks like fully committing yourself. Not whatever will be will be, but rather committing yourself, partnering with God to see his plans and his purposes outworked in our lives partnering with God to see his plans and his purposes outworked in our life. I love taking our kids down to a local park with a flying fox. Um, and I love seeing Jonathan learning to just jump, you know, grab a hold of it and just swing yourself to the other side. And there's some of us here today that are just like fearless. Like we just love that. You know, even now if you had a flying fox outside, you just grab a hold of it and go for go for life. And then there's others of us, right, maybe more like me, that would grab it with one hand and scream the whole way until you reach your destination. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, is that when we grab a hold of, when we intentionally commit at the beginning, when we grab something with two hands, it often ends up being a lot more successful when we finally reach our destination. My mother-in-law always says that effort equals success. Effort equals success. Some of us we don't even really need a new word for this year. We actually just need to intentionally commit ourselves to the last word that God has given us. What does it look like for you in 2023? 
What does intentional commitment look like for you? Rather than sitting on the fence, just being courageously and simply all in in what he's asked of us today. I was so inspired by Ben. He was uh, preaching on New Year's Day. He obviously mentioned some of the tragedy that his family had faced in, in recent years, losing one of their twin daughters in utero. And I was just so moved by the fact that he is spending his New Year's Day with his family, you know, they're all still intact, but he's spending his news day preaching to us about dreaming again. Like, that's pretty mind-boggling, about dreaming again, where he could have, you know, run off, but he sought the um, help that he needed, and he held the line for his family. And you know what? I think this is actually a good picture sometimes about what intentional commitment may look like this year. It's not always glamorous or fun. It's not always even pretty, but it's necessary. It may look like simply standing firm in the face of adversity, holding the line for your family. It may look like conviction over feeling. It may look like committing to seek the help that you require. But let me encourage you, you're not walking a tightrope and you're certainly not going to miss it. In Luke chapter 5, verses 4 to 5, Jesus says to Peter to put out your nets in the deep water. Why the deep water? Because perhaps Jesus knew something that Peter didn't yet. Perhaps Jesus is doing what with Peter what we often do with our kids on Easter Sunday, where they find most of the eggs on their own, but then we encourage them to do one more lap. And on that, Dan whispers to Sophie, go look under the trampoline. And sure enough, Dan was right, because finding treasures, right, is easy for the one that hid them. Just like finding fish is simple for the God who made them. And I imagine Peter holding the net, looking over his shoulder at Jesus. And I'd like to think that Jesus, knowing Peter is about to be half yanked into the water, begins to smile. Just like a daddy-daughter Easter egg smile. Peter's arm is yanked into the water. It's all he can do to hang on until the other guys can help. Within moments, the four fishermen are surrounded in their knees, you know, with fish. And Peter lifts his eyes off the catch and onto the face of Jesus. And in that moment, for the first time, he sees Jesus. Not Jesus, the fish finder, the multitude magnet. Not Jesus, even the rabbi, but he sees Jesus as Lord. The first thing Peter becomes aware of is his own sin. But Jesus' response, do not fear. From now on, you'll be catching men. Peter never again fished for fish. He spent the rest of his days telling anybody that would listen, it's not too late to try again. Trust takes away the set of binoculars or the telescope and trust replaces the desire, the need for you and I to know everything. Jeremiah 29 verses 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. The payload for Peter's efforts wasn't the fish he caught, but the God he saw. The payload for Abraham's obedience wasn't the new land he came to live in, but the God he came to know. What will the payload be for your trusting in God this year? Recently, I was on a, on a boat, and, um, and I, I do love boating, but I do get seasickness. I'm sure there are a few today that experience a similar thing. 
Um, I was up the front of the boat alongside the guy that was driving and I loved it. You know, you could feel every wave that was crashing. You could see exactly where to go. You could see even the waves as they were about to hit. And then all of a sudden that uneasiness, you know, comes. And um, Dan's like, just get to, the back of bo- get to the back of the boat. Just keep your eyes on the horizon. So off I do. I get back to the boat and I'm just looking at the horizon, trying to keep my eyes on the horizon. But I think that this is a beautiful picture of what trust in Jesus looks like because it looks like letting go, hopefully not with a queasy stomach, but it looks like keeping your eyes on the horizon, right? Keeping your eyes on Jesus. And if you're struggling to trust God today, come back from the front of the boat, come back from trying to see everything and know everything and exactly where you're to go and rather look to what he has. Focus on far you've come and how faithful he has been in our lives. Perhaps you're here today and you've never actually made a a decision to surrender your life to Jesus, to fully trust and commit to him. Then while we have every head bowed, if you may, and every eye closed, I just love to pray for us today. Well, Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you would encourage us to put simple trust in the faithfulness of you. And I pray for every head bowed, Lord, for those that haven't yet surrendered their life to you, that today they would. And I just ask, in doing so, God, that they would see your faithfulness, that they would see your blessing in their life, in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. Feel free to contact us on our Facebook, our website, and jump on our Instagram at mcc.church. Also, make sure to rate and review as well as share. Finally, from all the team at MCC, have a blessed day. And until next time, bless you.